to uh, episode one of Damn It Vince with me, Ellis, and and me, Joe. And Joe. Um, so we'll do a little introduction as to who we are, but um, each week we're going to talk about uh, some news items of the week. So this week we'll be talking about uh, possible AEW computer games, the return of Halloween Havoc, and Joey Ryan being a general shit pipe. Yep. Uh, we'll then choose our matches of the week, which I think this week is actually the same match. Um, we're going to be looking over a, a classic moment. It would normally be a classic match, but it's slightly different this week because it's uh, Chris Jericho's 30-year anniversary. And we'll always have a hot topic, but we are going to continue AEW celebration of Chris Jericho and look at our favorite moments of him over the last 30 years. And then finish with... Our fantasy booking, uh, which this week will be about the WWE draft. Yeah. Um, I mean, I first came into loving wrestling in the sort of attitude era. Uh, my parents got cable television, and for some bizarre reason, we got Sky Sports with it. Um, and I was like, I mean, I'd watched sort of classic WrestleMania 3 till about 7 uh, sort of stuff. Um but having seen this, and it was this was new, and there was an actual sort of violence in it, and it wasn't just slapping each other and falling over. And so, from say what ninety five till about two thousand and one is the sort of era that I know most about. Know most about. Yeah. Uh, but then recently, have come back into it when AEW started up. Um, I happened to stumble across it one day, um, and was like, oh, "All right, so this isn't." WWE, this is something different. And then I found out that there's all this whole world of other wrestling that I had no idea existed. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, I think I came into it probably the late, late nineties, um, attitude era. So when I was at school, my friend Paul, who may every now and again, join us on here. Um, he used to record it on a VCR tape at school and he would bring it in and he would pass around each week's Raw and SmackDown on tape, and we'd all have a night to watch it and give it him back. Bloody hell. Um, that's kind of how I started getting into it, and it's kind of like when The Rock was taking off, so he was always always my guy. Um, then I kind of fell out of watching it for a bit when I went to university, but about five years ago, um, again, Paul said, oh, WrestleMania's on tonight, and I watched it, and it was when Seth Rollins cashed in. I had no idea who anyone was, but Seth cashed in. I was like, this is amazing. I don't know what's happening, but I love it. And then I thought, oh, it's on Sky Sports, and I had it. So I just carried on watching, and, and here we are. So I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, happy to get back into it. And I've rewatched everything I missed in the meantime as well. On the, uh... I'm, I'm currently trying to work my way through a massive back catalogue of stuff. Like I, I tried watching from the very start with the sort of Hulk Hogan-y sort of thing, and a lot of it is, I mean, they say it's classic. <laughs> But a lot of it is just two sweaty men falling on each other. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think at some point, one of our hot topics is worst finishing moves. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm already going to put my hat in the ring and say that Hulk Hogan's atomic leg drop is the most garbage <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, that's who we are. Um, over the next coming weeks, and so we will hopefully have um, either guest guests to come on to to tell us you know their their their, their takes on things that have happened that week and and also at some point we should have a third host when his uh situation improves but yeah, yeah. 
definitely. And um, obviously, hopefully, when, once we start getting the listeners in and we've got our socials, which the uh, is at, you, you set it up. So it's I, at- yes, I have. It is uh, uh, on Twitter. We are at dammitvincepod, or you can email us directly at dammitvincepod at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know what Instagram is and all of the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. um, Twitter and email is good. And you can, that's uh, as, as close as, yeah. As yeah, we need to can, get with people, you can um, send in your views as well, and they can be uh, contributed. Uh, hopefully, once we get a bit of a, well, a following, hopefully, if people like it and listen, we can start putting polls up and things. And you know, it'd be nice. It's yeah. again, this isn't hardcore, in-depth analysis of stuff. No. It's just our takes on. Yeah. I like wrestling as a form of entertainment and of and of athleticism. The amount yeah. of times I've had to defend it to people, good. Well, you know, it's fake, and I like, it is to an extent. It's a predetermined outcome, but you try doing what they do and not yeah. hurt yourself or someone else. That's the real skill and art and beauty of it all. And storytelling. Yeah, you can tell a story in a ring it. with violence in 15 minutes. It's theatre. It is, yeah. I would say it's athletic soap operas. You don't yeah. laugh at someone because they watch Coronation Street. No, because <laughs> that's apparently that's somehow different. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's a little introduction to us and our socials. Um, so we'll kick off with some news, which uh, I think you you want to lead on this one, Joe, because uh, you've yeah. got the well, three, three news stories of the week for us. Well, um, so the first one <laughs> is um, AEW have registered trademarks for certain computer games. Uh, and I think Kenny Omega has come out and said they are working on a console game, which hopefully will be a good simulation slash arcade sort of thing. I'm looking myself personally for a sort of WCW versus NWO revenge on the N64 sort of game that's yeah. not incredibly... Because I tried playing the, the most recent ones on the PlayStation, and I have... It's a slog. It's a lot of... What? What's happening? It's so slow. It's janky. I think I disappeared through a cage and reappeared at one point. It was oh, 2K20. <laughs> yeah. And I know best. it's been universally panned, but I think for the past, I don't know, um, five, six years, they've not been great. And it's because they've tried to go down this sort of hardcore simulation route of, and it's like, it should be fun. It should be. Um, I think there was, there was, because that was the WCW one and there was a WWE one which I think was WrestleMania 2000, yeah. again on the M64, which was the same engine, still built, built by THQ, but was fun. And it had a build-your-own-character thing in it, and you could nick moves off other things and make like the fusion character that you wanted. So I had like half Stone Cold, half Jeff Hardy. And it was, yeah, it was ludicrous, and it didn't really work, but you could do that. And then with these ones now, it's just very slow and sluggish and laborious and... I don't want that in a game. I want it to be as ludicrous as the, the, the sport of wrestling is. Um, they also have apparently registered some stuff for mobile phones. Now, okay. I'm not sure what that will be, um, whether it will be like the weird card game that WWE has. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that I installed, <laughs> um, had a look at, and didn't understand what was going on. I thought it would be like Top Trumps, because, again, this is about my age. Um, <laughs> and it was, no, you have to 
add two wrestlers together and make a mega... No, delete, sorry. Um, But also, it could be, I know it's a long shot, a fantasy booking sim. Like Football Manager or something like that. You're going to start off as a small regional promotion and work your way up to one of the big boys. You know, booking wrestlers, you know, working around injuries. I mean, storylines would be a bit of a weird thing to do, but there's only like 12 storylines that they just go around over and over again. But that is also an option. And that's those are the two things I really say. I've actually a fun wrestling game. Yeah. In a, in a 3D sort of environment, but also, I don't know, a little wrestling one you can play on your way to work. You know, yeah, I'll just do yeah, some bookings on this. And, uh, yeah. Or you can put your, oh, see, if I had skills, you could put, you know, make it multiplayer, send your friend, I think, uh, put one of your best wrestlers up against theirs, take over their territory. You see, it's, it's, it's all there. It's all. It's all doable. I think there's a market, but obviously. And then it'll be, again, also, please no microtransactions in these things. Oh, yeah, um, I'm not paying £4 of real money to unlock the classic Andre the Giant. Sorry. <laughs> Who was it? Was it, um, I want to say Evoluno. I might be wrong here. Who wanted to have a game when they're all racing? So like Mario Kart AEW, basically. Yep, again. Is that, is that Evoluno? That was Evoluno put up yeah. a, um, a still. Uh, of, of the classic <laughs> Mario Kart um, character select screen of the eight of them, but with recognisable AEW characters. I mean, why not? They've done weirder stuff. I'm fairly sure there was a WWE one in mid-90s, possibly a bit later, called like Crash'em Racing or something. <laughs> it, again, Quite like why not? Crash Team Racing. <laughs> a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was garbage, but again... These are the things that I would I would very much like to have. Yeah. Um, just They've just released one battlegrounds, haven't they? Which looks absolutely crazy. See, I've not. So I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of what I've seen of it so far. It looks very cartoony, which is fine and very over the top, which I'm on board for. But apparently, it's riddled with microtransactions, so therefore, I'm no, out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Reviews to it have been fair to middling because people are saying, well, we want like a proper wrestling game and this isn't a proper wrestling game. And I'm like, like I'm halfway between the two. Like, and the WrestleMania 2000 NWO Revenge was wrestling, but it was simplified down to light tap, heavy tap. You know what I mean? It was, there was yeah. four possible combinations and then directions you could do. Like the Tony Hawks of wrestling. You felt good when you did stuff. You had no idea how you'd done it. Um, but that, is what I would like. Yeah. Is there any any? I take it there's no like dates of when no no no. I mean, people yeah, have people have put that. up people have put up um, sort of concept art and stuff for it, but it'll be. I don't even know who the, who they're supposed to be working with. I'd like for them again to get in touch with the ghost of THQ, um, but I don't <laughs> think they exist anymore. I think they've been bought by someone else and sold out, and are probably making frigging Lego games because that's. The world now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Everything is leather. Um, next, the return of Halloween Havoc. Now, this was announced at um, NXT Takeover yep. in the in the adverts, and I was like, "Oh, man, I remember watching some of the Halloween Havoc, the later on ones." 
and was like, oh, this would be interesting. And then they announced that Shotzi Blackheart was hosting it. And I'm like, well, I'm 100% on board now. Yeah, intrigued now. Uh, because I like her a lot. She's a very good wrestler. She's got a good person. I, I see future future main card. Yeah, I'm very happy. Right through her. Um, but in case you weren't aware, Halloween Havoc ran uh, from 89 to 2000 on WCW. And since WWE acquired WCW and all their thingies in the background, they've been bringing these things back, mostly NXT. They did In Your House. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was really good. That was good, uh, yeah. Nice old school they, stage as well. <laughs> that was it. They had the nice old-fashioned sort of thing, and there's people leaping off roofs, which, again, you never would have got back in the day. But they've gone and run with it, and I'm hoping that they do that with this, because there was some sort of iconic... Um, Entrances. There was, you know, uh, the most famous match from it. That, because having rewatched them, they are mostly terrible. It's, <laughs> it's that. It's that late nineties WCW tail end of of, of everything, and they just threw everything in there. Uh, there was like a DNA, uh, the first ever DNA match where they had to try and swab each other's mouths. Or something. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a lot of gimmicky stuff. Uh, but the classic <laughs> match from it. That every, the, everyone go and watch it. Is the Eddie Guerrero, um, Rey Mysterio Jr. Um, yes. title versus mask? Um, it is a masterclass, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it flies by, it's two people at the top of their game going hell for leather at it. And it's the thing that WCW never did was push their cruiserweight division, it was always about um, Hulk Hogan and all the. Wolfpack and all that nonsense, um, but that is a is an absolute masterclass in in luchador style wrestling. Um, yeah, it was amazing. It's, it it's one match I've gone back and watched from it because um, I didn't. I, I was watching WWE WWF at the time, not not WCW. But again, Paul, who I mentioned before, he, he'd sent me a a tweet a few years ago, and it was just a like a two minute highlight reel of that match, and it was just like, what the hell is this? So yeah. we went back watched it and blown away and it is an amazing match and it wasn't even that long either like the amount they got in to the time that they had because it wasn't really a main match on the card no it was it was quite early on in the show yeah yeah, they stole the show and you know it's you can tell the impact it had because at uh what was the last wwe pay-per-view clash clash champions champions was it one before that it was SummerSlam. Was it SummerSlam? SummerSlam, possibly. There's that many. I get. So many of them now. <laughs> but when Seth Rollins came out yeah. wearing the uh, an homage to... It was SummerSlam, actually, because I remember seeing a video about it afterwards and Seth saying, obviously, in the heel persona he was doing, he was winding up Dominic and Ray. But then like he's done like an interview backstage going, it was in honour of Ray yeah. because that match meant a lot to him. So which I thought was nice. Great heel work, but also a nice touch to a legend. We both sort of simultaneously text each other going, is he wearing Grey Mysterio's Halloween Havoc <laughs> costume? Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was, again, if you know, go and watch it. It's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful match. Uh, the only other one that I was like, oh, this is interesting, is uh, in the last one, the 2000 Halloween Havoc, it is Sting versus Jeff Jarrett. Um, and Jeff, and it's just the most bizarre bizarre thing I have ever seen um, so Sting's in his full sort of crow regalia at the time because it was the late 2000s and the crow came out in 1994 so yeah 
ever their finger on the pulse there. Um, <laughs> and they come in and they, ha- they, they they get going. And then an older version of Sting appears at the top of the ramp in his green and his green uh, face paint. And so Sting goes and fights him, uh, eliminates him. He goes back to fight a bit more. And then another version of Sting comes out. And I'm like, is this like a violent Christmas carol? Is he, like, he has to defeat the Stings of the past to atone for his future. Um, he defeats him. Uh, another Sting... Does another Sting come out at that point? Uh, dressed as the Crow, he defeats that. They wrestle in the ring. A Sting comes out from under the ring, like <laughs> through the mat, grabs him, drags him down. And it's like, this is ludicrous. Like, even for, the crowd aren't into it, though. You can just, everyone's just like, oh, okay. It's... Um, it, uh, a sting descends from another sting descends from the ceiling and his wig falls off at one point. I th- someone's wig falls off. Turns out it's just a really old man. It's <laughs> it's, it's a car crash. It's, it's, it's a shame from, from Sting being such a good and iconic sort of throughout his WWE and WCW career, such an iconic and to see it end like this, it made me a bit sad. But also, who signed off on this? It would be like The Undertaker going out and fighting, you know, classic dead man, American, you know, fighting his way through them all. But they're all, like, bad lookalikes. Like, do you remember when, when um, Diesel and Razor Ramon left? Yeah, yes. And they oh, tried yeah. to replace they... them. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Turns out the guy that replaced Diesel uh, was Kane. Was it? Yeah, I found yeah. out the other day. Um, Jacobs. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because he, he went through a lot of obviously iterations of, of, of them, um, but yeah, those were the only two that I would recommend you go and watch. One for the fact that it is an amazing school on wrestling, and the other one for just the what is this? But with Shotzi at the helm of it, I don't know if she's putting matches together, I'm guessing not, but and the good work they did within your house, it'd be good. I have high hopes for it, yeah, and it's too generally. More reliable than main roster to pull out something. I think it's on a, a normal Wednesday as well. If I if I, if I looked at the date rightly, the eight, it's on it's on the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth, which so will be a Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. So it's just a normal normal NXT that they're making special. Um, um I'm going to leave the like Joey Ryan with... stuff till the end. I think because I don't want to annoy people. I'd like to, <laughs> to at least listen to the regular stuff before I get on my soapbox. Um, yeah, that's fine. So we're also, on a... I will... Uh, just one last fun, other fun thing that I've watched this week is on Netflix, there is the documentary Beyond the Mat. Uh, it's, I think, a 95, 96-ish sort of pseudo-documentary about one man's love of wrestling, and he goes and meets uh, various wrestlers. Uh, he goes and meets um, Mick Foley, Mankind. Oh, nice. Um, and meets his family, and like, uh, but there's also it's it's a good it's a good documentary. He goes and meets some amateur wrestlers who try out, and it's it's a good film. Um, but there is a there's a really tragic bit in it where he's meet he only meets Jake Roberts, who is at like the lowest point of his career at this point. Yeah. Like, um, and it's sad to see that, but it's also good to see him now, and he's clean and he's, you know, he's doing the the best. Stuff that he's done in a lot, but it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, good to see yeah. a real life redemption. Um, but I would, yeah, wholeheartedly recommend watching it. Um, it's about an hour and a half, it flies by, and you get to see some classic attitude era stuff in yeah. there. Um, what was that? Beyond the map, beyond the map, it's on Netflix. Um, I allegedly 
someone told me that it was it was banned by WWE because it, it portrays them in a negative light. No worse than what people know now about them. <laughs> um, but I guess in 90, 95, 96 years, it's uh, probably yeah. a lot different. Check that out, definitely. Uh, so the uh, next uh, feature is Match of the Week, which I believe we've both decided there's really only one winner on this one. See, I, yeah. Have you changed your mind after I last night's offering? No. After last night's offering on NXT, um, no, I'm still going to go um, with um, Balor and O'Reilly. Yeah. But I would just like to put into contention um, the return of Ember Moon. Yes, um, definitely. In that tag team match yesterday, um, I know she's been away for a long time, um, but it felt good. It felt everything she did was just a little bit extra juice on top of it. Yeah, definitely. And it it just was like, I know you've got nothing to prove, but obviously you're trying to prove something. And it yeah. was good. And also, I've forgotten how good that finisher is. Oh, it's unbelievable. So, it, uh, yeah. Again, it, it when sold correctly, like you said, when sold correctly, it is a, it's yeah, a it beautiful thing. It wasn't sold the best last night, but it, it, it still looks awesome. But, it, it just yeah. looks tremendous. I'm like, how do you do that? Yeah, in such a yeah. short space of time. But, sling yeah. blade meets a stunner, isn't it? But no, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so. I mean, this could be a topic for another day. There's like so much wrestling nowadays to actually watch and get through. And sometimes, just to kind of get through the content, you're kind of skipping through or half paying attention because you're watching it while you do something. And I was watching that match this morning on my way to work, and just from the start, she did a drop kick, a simple drop kick, and it was like bang, it was full on. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like really going for it here. Yep. And as you said, everything she did is a bit of extra juice. And it just got my attention for the whole match, which nowadays that actually means something to me because it's yes. like you've got to be doing something right to get my attention. And yeah, she looked fabulous. And she didn't hesitate with some dangerous spots as well. I mean, there was that kind of version of a pop-up powerbomb, which looked at one point like she was going to fall over. But um yeah. It was, yeah. It was Again, excellent. it was. Some of it was a little bit ropey, but it was just that thing of you keep going with it and you sell the sell the hell out of it, and I think that's what it does. Uh, but with her and um, Tony Storm back in NXT's um, women's division, yeah, uh, I think we're, we're into some really good stuff there. Um, I don't think there's a better division in in most of wrestling than that women's division nope. there. Nope, can't see it. Um, yeah. But. I mean, go for it. Um, yeah, Finn, so, Finn Balor. Yeah, matches that get your attention. This this definitely was one. I mean, I watched this one later on in the day, uh, just with work and stuff. But I know you and Butcher, who's someone who's uh, collaborating with us on this project, like text earlier in the day, just going, they have just beat the absolute shit out of each other. Yeah. And I watched it. And I watched it again last night, even though I only watched it the other day. And I mean, you don't, you don't especially on WWE, you don't see matches like that now where it's just two men, there's some quality mat wrestling. And, you know, that's the yeah. start of it. There's some very mat wrestling, which I, I can imagine some new generation fans probably, oh, that's boring, but there's the skill and there's art in it and the countering in it, which you've that's got to appreciate. That's the story you tell. Yeah. And uh, again, in terms of the story they told, it was it was brilliant. And then last night's NXT kind of backed up. And what interested me was the kind of presenting uh, Kyle O'Reilly as, as a babyface because going into it, he did a big promo package showing his career. Even Adam Cole came across as a babyface, putting him over. 
And then last night, Kyle O'Reilly was talking about how he got the liver kick, like that drop kick into his liver. And he, he sold that brilliantly, I thought, throughout the rest of the match, which, again, you appreciate stuff like that when you're watching a match. And, um, you know, he said last night, and then it's to you about he got it, but a true champion never gives up. And that's what he tried not to do. But, yeah, I think the fact that both of them ended up in hospital afterwards, apparently Kyle O'Reilly with some broken teeth and Finn Balor's fractured his jaw in, I think, two places. Two places, apparently, yes. Um, yeah, and he couldn't talk for a day or so. And even when he spoke in NXT pre-recorded last night, he was slow in his words. I think that kind of tells you how much I said I, it hurt. They put, they put everything <laughs> into it. Yeah. And the only thing that... I mean, the whole thing was was a classic sort of strong style, just amazing sort of piece of which you don't see a lot of because a lot of it is flips and and high spots and stuff. Put into the next spot, yeah. But uh, so the only thing for me that was a little bit rushed, but I can understand why now in hindsight was the ending. The finish was yeah, yeah. Was, the, was was going home with it. Uh, yeah. But now knowing that his teeth were falling out and he had his his jaw was broken in two places, stop it earlier. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he broke his jaw just before the finish when Kyle does that running knee in the corner and he whacks the bottom of his jaw and you can yeah. see him grab it. And then not long after that, he basically just does the coup de grace and it's over. But yeah. I was like, it did I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming he was just screaming like, let's just go home now. Yeah. I mean, they'd already done 28 minutes at that point. The match went 28 minutes, so they'd done it. A... Yeah, it could have gone longer, but obviously with broken bones and, and, and teeth being removed. But then also the, which is now sort of a bit of a shame, was the Ridge Holland piece at the end. Yeah. Uh, with what's just happened to Ridge Holland yesterday. Yeah. Um, they were clearly setting up a whole thing, but um, it so looks like... Is that a like, legitimate injury, that one? Um, I, it look, having rewatched it, it looks like his knee buckles from underneath him. So either his knee or his ankle, and he literally screams as it goes down. And like three of the refs throw X's up. It's right. Uh, I would say it's a legitimate knee yeah, or sounds... ankle injury from that, which is a sh- again, it's a, it was a you know standard catch. Yeah. Um, things just go wrong sometimes. NXT aren't really having much luck at the moment with injuries. No. Because you no, got Carrion no, Cross out Cross, with yeah. his uh, separate shoulder. Uh, yeah. Um, Tegan Knox. Yeah, she's having to do a. Uh, her, a, a knee is gone again. ACL. ACL injury, and she's had knee issues. Knee issues before. Yeah, which is a shame because again, shame. I, 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 I like. Her. I think it's a third one. I might be wrong. Definitely a second, possibly a third. And then obviously Finn Balor broken jaw. I mean teeth can heal. Yeah, he, he was on the show this week. Yeah. Not wrestling, obviously, but... Um, and then with this, so that's four big things that they were trying to line up um, for story-wise, and it's 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 all gone. Um, that was... Yeah, that was... Um, um, I said the whole of TakeOver, actually, was pretty good. There was only one match that I didn't really like um, oh, no, it was a, they're always solid and that's for obvious reasons at the, at the worst yeah. Um, yeah but if you put Kushida up against literally anyone else it would have been it would have been spot yeah. 
but I'm assuming yeah, the whole... Yeah, he faced Champa at the start of... Yeah, yeah. Champa, again, it was Which just... Which, again, was good, and bloody Dream came in at the end. So, oh, go away. See, I thought um... with the whole trying to break his arm thing, they were trying to sort of sideline him a bit until, you know, because I'm still angry. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I think most people, you know, it's very hard to separate the wrestler from the, the real life with him. But yeah, they take, I mean, I've said it to you before when we watched, um, what was the last AEW pay-per-view called? Is that All Out? All Out. Is it the last one? Yeah. The one that was like and seven hours say, long. I, I, yeah, with near deaths in it. But like, even like WrestleManias and stuff, we always say like they, they can go on so long and it's it's quality, not quantity. And I think the one thing NXT's takeovers have always done for me, it's always two and a half hours, max three. It's five or six matches that all get time. And they're the five or six of best stories going yep. into that. And you always know you're in for a good show. And I I appreciate that. There's no filler on a takeover card. So. No. It's you know, all stuff that's it's there for a reason. Not the best match. It's still it's still there for a reason. They were and, all uh, good matches. Because I not the... one of them that I skipped through. I no. watched them all. Which I think which again, is rare for me. In this day of getting of, getting through all the content is, is hard to do. 600 wrestling promotions you have to watch. Um, my only other takeaway <laughs> as well from um, TakeOver was the use of body doubles for, for Barrett and Phoenix. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're going to do confusing. that... Use people that look a bit like them, <laughs> or just put like a mop on yeah. a melon, like run with it. Because <laughs> at one point they did yeah. just show him sat at the desk with no one else there. Um, <laughs> it was a bizarre yeah. choice. That our, uh... But that was the match yeah, of the yeah, week. It was. But... Yep, yeah, I think it's a it's a unanimous one on that one. So. um this week's it's normally a classic match that we'd look back on but with it being chris jericho's 30 years we didn't necessarily think there was a classic he's had so many classic matches it would be hard so many to pick good one matches, yeah. so, so i i picked a moment for me that happened in the last few years when i got back into wrestling and i know you hadn't seen and i said this is for me what wrestling is it's just ludicrousness that's brilliant funny and inventive so we we rewatched the festival of friendship from yes. uh, I think it was 2017 um, when he had been having this amazing run with Kevin Owens where Kevin Owens was the universal champion at the time and they were like this buddy cop duo that were heels, <laughs> Canadian duo because obviously they're both from Canada and yeah it was just a beautiful partnership that they had for quite a long time with Jericho basically helping KO keep that universal championship but the uh, cracks had started to appear as uh, Goldberg entered the fray, which less said about that, the better. Uh, yeah, so we watched this Festival of Friendship, which was kind of Jericho's plea to KO to show what he meant to him. And it's just, it's wrestling gold. It is. I mean, how did you feel? Because I, I, I knew what was coming and I said to you, watch this. I, how did you I feel did a little, you... Bit of, little bit of reading beforehand to find out what led to, to this up to this point. Um, yeah. It was the whole um, Jericho helping Owens retain his title. Um, but also, it is classic um, Chris Jericho pageantry, silliness, um, like self-aggrandizing. Um, and it is it is just a, a, a beautiful piece. It's, it's about 25 minutes, and yeah. it flies by. Because, A, it's funny, genuinely funny. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I laughed at, out loud several times during it, which is rare in wrestling nowadays. Um, but it also is quite touching um, oh, yeah, and heartfelt. And it, it, again, it, it's a thing you, I, we don't tend to find that much anymore um, yeah. with these bits. There's a lot of, of, of talk showy bits, a uh, moment of bliss and the Kevin Owens show and stuff, but there's not just these good little vignettes, just this little bit. And it's that thing of, I think that's probably why Jericho moved to AEW so that he could do these little bits yeah. on his own. But just from the presentation of his, um, what was he called? Um, Vanderbilt statue or whatever that he commissioned. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the guy's name. Guggenheim. Guggenhofer. Guggenheim statue. Yeah. yeah. Um, $7,000. And it's just this, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, and then the, um, the creation of Owens or whatever it is. The, 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 creation the, of Kevin. Put creation that in of your Kevin. House. Damn it. I've got yes, kids. I've got kids. <laughs> You're not um, wearing any pants. <laughs> and I'd like to believe that he didn't know what was going on before they took those sheets off there. And he was just steadfast reacting to what was going on. Um, but it is, I think for me, I mean, I have got um, sort of other bits of, of classic yeah, Jericho. Yeah, which is a hot topic. We'll having never, having never, ever seen this before, this sort of supersedes all the rest of them because it is Jericho at his finest. From from the magician friendship. Yeah. <laughs> um, again. Like he's got from a cheat website. <laughs> got from Craigslist. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, to um, the Gilberg. gift. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you see. Um, Gilberg. Which is a callback, I'm sure. To, yeah. Yeah. That was WWE's parody of Goldberg, so because they just seem to parody everything that WCW did that was popular. That was their parody, yes. so that was a callback to their. Um, yeah, I mean there were so many callbacks in it that were kind of subtle. I mean we'll we'll get to the ending of the segment in a minute, but there was a, a callback I didn't even realize until I was writing my piece for tonight, but. I just thought the two of them worked so well together. Like obviously watching it up to there, I knew what they were like, but like they play off so each other so well. And KO's deadpanness is just <laughs> genius. But what I realized because I watched it back last night, because it's obviously been three years since I watched it, and I noticed a few things watching it. And I actually felt at the start like the crowd weren't sure, like where it was going. Yeah, they they they, they seemed into it when Jericho came out with his women and he was dancing, and they were like, yeah, but like like when he was talking at first, it. I don't know if I actually heard the crowd boo. Like I was, I was trying to listen really close, and I was like, "Are the crowd booing there, or, or saying boring?" It actually sounded like they were doing something like that. But then when he started revealing the gifts, the, like the crowd was, the noise was visibly going up, and they were getting more and more into it. And it was kind of beautiful to see a crowd, whether they were saying that or not, but they definitely weren't as sure what as to what was going on. And then they just fell in love with it, and. Um, it just reminded me how well Jericho can get stuff over. Like he fully commits to anything he does yeah. because obviously he's got the list. So he put the magician on the list and again, the magician. again, I think you're going to mention it later, a callback where he'd got over this idea of you're going to get, and then he'd pause and go it. And he pointed his finger at someone and he did it, but then it went to ad break. And then he came back from the ad break and he was still stood there and then went it, which is going to be a callback to something you're going to talk about later. Again, and yes. again, something I got from it last night, it, 
it kind of felt like it was Jericho being desperate. He he could tell he was kind of upsetting KO and stuff that he'd been doing, like leading up to the Goldberg match. And he was trying to put on a show and, and trying to get him on board. And when he said, I'm bringing out Goldberg, you kind of see KO's face change. So you, he's kind of pissed off throughout the whole thing. But he like, he like throws a belt down. He's like, yeah. yes. And I'm at that point, I'm thinking, if he actually had brought Goldberg out, what happened next, which we're getting on to, I don't think maybe would have happened. But when he, when he saw it was Gilberg, like you saw KO's just absolute change, and he was like, that's it. I'm yeah. done with this shit. Because, um, yeah, when I thought, oh, is he bringing Goldberg out? Because, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> Again, having never, ever seen this, I've heard of it, but I've never got around to watching it. Um, it was a thing of, like... Kevin Owens' face sort of drops, he throws the belt down, and he gets ready. And yeah. then Gilbert comes out, and he's like... And it's like... Beats the crap out of him. <laughs> I mean, he's Gilbert. It's not hard, is it? He's, he's a 93-year-old yeah. man. <laughs> but if they had brought Goldberg out, I don't know. Because like, it is, it was a comedy bit, and it was, it was to set... It was to break them up, yeah, wasn't it? And... Um, but also the new list, which yeah, as well, you know, Jericho's big gimmick at the time was yeah. his list. Um, why well, that, that whole thing was perfect. Yeah. And some excellent top quality selling by Jericho there. Yeah. Why is why is why is my name on the list? Yeah, and then and the he holds, work of showing, holds yeah. that holds the, the thing up, and it's the list of Kevin Owens. Yeah, it was a that was an outstanding. Outstanding review, and I, it I made feel me... that's that's what Jericho's future entails now is going to be putting younger talent over, which I'm yeah. fine with. Yeah, and because he, he does is. it so well, so sincerely. Yeah, there's, um, no, there's no, there is an ego to him, but there's no ego to him in terms of my star is can't be touched, and I can't lose matches, and he never e- has. I think the ego part of it is woven into. The, the, the sort of kayfabe of his character. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, he's made... I mean, Orange Cassidy already was a sort of indie star, but he yeah. has made him a legit star yeah. now. Like, yeah. event, T-shirt so. sales are, are through the roof. He's now challenging for the TNT title next week again, which yeah. seems seems suspicious. <laughs> um, um, but, but has also helped build... Sam helped build the inner circle into you know a legitimate threat. Um, his little bit of a feud with Darby Allen made him a star, yeah. It's um, and he his entire career has been I can make myself look good by making other people look good, yes, and that is is a rare thing, I think. Very rare, yeah. Um, because it's like the, the first time I was aware of him. Was when I was watching wrestling back in the in the in the days of this, and they had the the Y two J countdown. Yeah, with the Rock. Yeah, and I was again. Um, I think WCW was on Channel Five at the time, um, on like a Friday afternoon or something. And I nobody nobody watched it because it was it was the sort of tail end of it. Um, and I, I had no idea who Chris Jericho was. Um, I remember watching that Raw when The Rock was doing his his monologue in the ring 
and the clock counts down. And then there's just Jericho stood there, and the crowd pop like it's mental. Yeah. And I'm like, what is what? Who is this? I have no idea. And he then stands there and goes toe to toe with the rock at the rock at the height of the rock's powers. Yeah, goes toe to toe with him verbally. Um, and it is. I was like, all oh, right, this guy's oh, it's clearly a big thing. I mean, I've never heard of him, but at that point, I was like, I just watched, I watched WWF, he, whatever it was called back then. Yeah. Um, that's why I had no idea who he was. I thought, oh, it's obviously someone big. They're trying to, they're trying to push, like. Uh, and it was before we had the internet and stuff, so you couldn't just Google who is Chris Jericho. You had to go and ask people. But like, wrestling still then wasn't cool. It still really isn't. But yeah. Um, but I was like, as soon as he came, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll follow this guy. And then for like the next couple of months, he got sort of buried in stuff. It's like, it just, it just didn't work what they were trying to make him do. And then I think there may have been like a creative choice where they let him go, right, well, do what you do. Because when he was, having gone back and watched his WCW stuff, it, it, it's like he had free reign. Yeah. There was a lot of just sort of, anarchic stuff he was doing um which i like um dean malenko the man of a thousand holes <laughs> yeah the one i said he was coming to. um chris jericho goes out and with this huge huge ream of that dot matrix printer paper with the stuff down the sides that you had to tear off um and declares himself the man of a thousand and four holes <laughs> and then proceeds to read them out in an arena full of people booing him um, a lot of them are armbar, <laughs> <laughs> or Very variations of armbar. <laughs> but he reads this out, and they cut they cut to advert, and they come back, and he's still reading it, which is like you said before, the it thing. It's just that thing of he he him playing with the suspension of disbelief of time stopping when the camera cuts away. Yeah. Um, Again, if you haven't watched it, it's it's Chris Jericho comedy gold. Um, it, it's what he does. It's he what does he does best. best. But it's the fact that it's on that really old dot matrix rip up um, paper that makes it for <laughs> yeah. me. Because he's just like a, he would remember it was on a huge scroll that he'd written. Um, my only other um, modern Chris Jericho takeaway of, of best Jericho moments was the um, the choir at Revolution singing judas oh yeah because it just felt like the most chris jericho thing chris jericho could do yeah. um so having his favorite entrance ever yeah um again i we rewatched revolution recently um and it is it's beautiful on the inside no um it's just it's just really good and it is just that thing of it's sort of just peak jericho like he he must just go like, "Can I do this?" And they go, "Yep." And it's do what you want. No one tells him otherwise. Do what you want. And again, the, going into the human side of it, there, what I really liked about that is you had the dickheads on the internet then going, "Oh, the women—they're not singing it. They're not doing it right." And he just came out and he shot them down. Yep. And I was just like, "Well played," you know. 
Anyways, he was well, he, has, he said it's my favourite entrance ever. He has uh, done some questionable things. Quest- he has done. <laughs> um, yeah, but his defensive a- things for defensive people is is top notch, which is why I think that he's possibly one of the greatest ever. I think he is, and just, just for I'd- the fact that he's willing to put himself, put other people over above himself. <laughs> yeah, which is very rare talent. I mean, I I wrote as part of the festival of friendship, but just of anything. It kind of shows you how he can get over just ridiculous stuff. You're yeah. going to get it. You're on the list. Like, who oh, who, who gets over something like that? And it's and so dumb. Just, if anyone else did it, yeah. And you can just tell he he plays with stuff. And I remember him talking about the list in an interview, and they were like, "Well, how did you get it over?" He's like, oh, "I just played around with it," and the and the crowd reacted and they got on board. And he said, "But then when he became a heel." As, as him and KO did, um, and the Festival of Friendship was like the turn of that, um, that he then kind of flipped it. He had the list, but then he'd refused to put you on the list because he knew the crowd wanted you to go on the list. So like his appreciation of what he should do. And for a very long time, up until kind of this latter end of his career, especially when he was a heel, he wouldn't sell merchandise if he was a heel. Yeah. <laughs> Because he said I, I shouldn't be selling merchandise if I'm a heel. Like, I'm not in it. <laughs> I'm not going to be no. selling my t-shirts. I want to see them in the crowd. And yeah, I just think he he gets that and all the callbacks that he does. And that's a, the festival of friendship was good. But then the other thing that I think that is amazing about him, which is uh, kind of so many moments you can pick out. I actually picked out a rivalry. So like rather than specific moment, um, Ooh, go on is. His ability to reinvent, as we know, is is incredible. And I don't think there's any better reinvention than when he had his rivalry with Shawn Michaels in, I think it was 2007. And, you know, if, if you haven't kind of followed this rivalry, it's one you need to go back and watch because I think it is one of the best rivalries that there has been in wrestling. And it's not one that's talked about enough. And there are some amazing articles out there about it there's a very good one on bleacher which kind of breaks it down point by point as to why this is an actual really good organic natural rivalry but basically it it kind of started in 2003 with a one-upmanship thing where Shawn michaels uh who was like the show stealer the mr wrestlemania and he always stole the pay-per-views he was like i am entering 2003 i think it was 2003 or yeah, 2003, I think it was. He said, "I'm entering Royal Rumble number one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win and go through everybody to get to WrestleMania." And Jericho won a match on a Raw, which allowed him to choose any number, which you would assume you would choose number 30. Yeah, you know what number he chose? Two, I'm guessing. He chose number two because yeah. he wanted to show Shawn Michaels he could do the same. Now, obviously, neither of them did it. They never, they didn't win. They they lasted a while, but they didn't win the thing. They ended up having a match at the WrestleMania, which uh, I think it was a WrestleMania 19, and it was one of the best matches on the card. Even though it was for no title, it was just literally two guys wrestling, and they had a great match. And at the end, um, I think Michaels won and picked up Jericho, and they had the embrace, and Jericho kicked him in the groin. Right, <laughs> uh, pissed off at him, and that was kind of that. And then in, we had this 2007 rivalry where Jericho had come back because he kind of kept going away and coming back because he was doing his other stuff, and he was brought back as Y2J. He came back with his jacket, with the, the countdown, and he was just being what he was on that debut on Raw. 
and he has said himself, like he came back, he said, and it wasn't working. He was only meant to be back for a couple of months as a, a little filler. Yeah. And he, he came back like that and it wasn't working. And he became the nastiest bastard heel you could imagine that ended up culminating him in him staying for a year or so and winning the world championship and a big part of this. And he won it because the fans were so on board with this character. He, he changed, but a big part of it with this rivalry with, with Shawn Michaels and what was really good about it. It's very organic. So it wasn't like, Oh, he spilled a cup of coffee on me. I don't like you. Let's have a match. It was actually Jericho's reasons for being pissed off with Michaels were, were actually valid. Legitimate. Yeah. So if, if you've not watched it, it was basically Michaels had a uh, fake injury and won a, won a match by faking injury. And Jericho had called him out on it. And uh, Michael's like, no, no, I hadn't done that. And then he did it again. And then Michael said, the only person I've lied to is you because I was faking injury. And at this point, it was on it was on Jericho's talk show and he had the Jeritron 5000 or whatever it was, the TV. Yeah. And Jericho at the time was like a, a face. So was Michael's and Jericho just beats the shit out of him and then throws him through the TV, which when I'm talking about callbacks, the end of the Festival of Friendship, he goes through. Yeah. Him through that. And I remember the crowd when he put him through that, just like, because it was, if you've not seen it, when he gets put through the TV show, Michael's, it's vicious. And they just go on to have a, a three-part rivalry, basically. But the eye injury that Shawn Michaels gets from going through that TV is sold throughout some of the some of the matches like the first two matches get called off by ref stoppage because they basically beat the shit out of each other Shawn michael's wife gets involved when jericho accidentally hits her Ooh. but michael's is about to retire but his wife gets hit and then he's like i'm not retiring now i'm gonna i'm gonna fight See, you and it, storytelling. It, it's amazing and but it lasted for a year so like you talk about matches going on forever now and rivalries that seem to go on forever and they do but they're forced like yeah. this never got old it never got old and it was classic and it led to it basically went from I'm better than you we'll have a match you've hit my wife I'm not going to retire I've got an eye injury I'm going to beat the shit out of you Michaels did beat the shit out of him on referee stoppage so it was 1-1 and then it led to Jericho is now the world champion because he's got this character that is just a bastard and he's going to take over and do what he wants and it led to a ladder match that the two of them had um I want to say Unforgiven or something. I can't remember what it was, but they had a ladder match and it's a classic ladder match. The two of them just have a match for the championship. And if you've not watched it, go back and watch that. Mm. I'll give that a work. I'll give that a view tomorrow. Amazing yeah. ladder match. Um, I won't say who won it then. But, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it is one of the one of the best views of all time. And it just showed Jericho's ability to transition between different characters and also to read the audience which I don't think some wrestlers can do. He he knew that coming back as Y2J just wasn't going to work in mid-noughties. No. And he needed to change, and he did. And what was meant to be a two-month stint became a one-year stint with him becoming world champion. I said, which is testament to him. There is a reason that he is the champion. Mm -hmm. The pain maker. The greatest of all time. What's his new one? The demigod? Demigod. Yeah. yeah. It's, there is a legitimate reason for it. I think he's... I mean, everyone goes on about The Undertaker and stuff. Played the same character. Done the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Jericho has moved and evolved. And um... We talk, talk about the demo, God. Again, on the Festival of Friendship, apparently Vince wasn't big on the sound of it. 
Right? I mean, he wasn't big on the sound of it. And he, I mean, he didn't he didn't really want it to happen, but it obviously it did. And as you said, it was like 20, 25 minutes. I think on that episode of Raw, it, it drew the highest ratings. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably wanted to just put some bra and panties match on or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't... Of all the things Vince doesn't get, Damn it, Vince. Um, there you go. There's a callback. Um, but no, it is. like He didn't get the, uh, the the final deletion thing. That, yes. That, yeah. Which, again, is held up now as this, this new groundbreaking sort of guerrilla filmed wrestling thing. And now they're all doing it. And Vince was like, yeah. I don't get it. And it's like, it's not for you, old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's... Uh, yes. That's little... 30 years... Yeah, wrestling to Jericho. Jericho in the future I see him he's got another what three four years left in him at most mm. he can come back out um, I, I see him being a good manager trainer um, going into sort of like a mm. an Arn Anderson Tully Blanchard oh yeah sort of that. sort of role doing some good heel work there um, yeah but yeah yeah. He, Congratulations! It, yes. The, the only never, sad thing in AEW was obviously there's a very large part of his career they couldn't celebrate. <laughs> that yeah. was a, yeah. Obviously, it was like it was quite gaping. It was on it AEW. Was, what's, what's your favorite bits of it? They were like stuff from the past year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, but surely they could show like New Japan stuff because I'm fairly they sure they've got a fairly. They no, did have had somebody from. No, but they could have shown his 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 fight uh, with Kenny Omega. Oh god, yeah. Because that's 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 a that's a that's a that's a that's a cracker. Yeah. But or they could have at least referenced. It. They don't have to show it. But because I know that AEW have got a fairly good working relationship with most other. Um, yeah. Because I know a lot of well, um, Moxley and Omega still do New Japan and stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, it was very much sort of like he's only existed for a year. Now, how's how is this 30 or 29 <laughs> years missing here? Um yeah, for sure. But yes, yeah. happy 30th. Um yeah, happy 30th. The audio only, we're raising a glass to him. I am. Um, Which, um takes it on to our last bit. So we always do a little bit of fantasy booking stuff. When there's a pay-per-view or something coming up, that will just be like predictions of what, of what we think is going to happen but we've not got for once we have a weekend with no pay-per-view coming up but yeah, what we feel so so rare nowadays rare and that points refreshing that <laughs> i know i don't have to squeeze another three hours in or five hours in depending on what i've got is. an impact to watch I've, they've started showing impact on normal tv now apparently so i've turned that uh, yeah. i'll watch that because yeah. apparently it's really good and i'll enjoy it and so i'll give it a go yeah <laughs> Yeah, bring that into the show. Um, so our fantasy booking for this week, the one thing that is happening, which could have repercussions for the next six months or so, is uh, the WWE draft. Drafts. Um, so drafts, yes. Sorry. So it starts tomorrow on Smack. Oh, what day is it? Thursday. Starts it on Thursday, SmackDown though, yeah. on Friday, um, and then continues on Monday Night Raw. Um, where hopefully there will be some shakeups and new rivalries. So. These are just kind of some of our thoughts on who could move, why they could move, what we'd like to see um, um, from this draft. Apparently, there's there's sixty, is it sixty, sixty superstars who go in to the draft who are available for drafting. Yeah, that's a lot. 
I didn't know it was sixty. Well, I, I drew. I got the list of the the um, the, the the rosters before, and there was about 30, 30, just over thirty male wrestlers on each brand. Is so, it? But but that bro- that broke down tag team. So like the new ah, day would be okay, yeah. Yeah. There was about ten women on each brand. So that was like eighty. But obviously they they lumped some together as tag teams. Mm. Um, so th- there's a lot now. If we're going full fantasy booking here, like, which way are we doing this? Are we doing SmackDown to Raw or Raw to SmackDown? Let's do SmackDown to Raw first. Yeah. Can do that. Can I give you my 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 real fantasy booking? Go that for will, it. That won't happen, but oh, it's something that we would love to happen. So, why it's called fantasy booking, Alice. It is fantasy booking, yeah. So, uh, Butcher, who is uh, one of the collaborators, who's come up with our amazing logo on uh, on our Twitter handles and and everything like that. He and I have had conversations before where we have kind of said that there are too many titles at times in the wrestling that it kind of can devalue the titles and you're splitting with with raw and smackdown tag teams you're splitting women and 100% we've always, on board 100 percent. and we have said it would be so much better if like one of the shows obviously you'd have like universal and your, your wwe champions so you've got them top champions yeah, yeah. And, and even us and ic but having one show that just had the the tag teams on it so you had all the tag teams together so you weren't because if you i was looking at the tag team rosters and i was like it's just weak man yeah like there's actually not many challenges you can keep it fresh so having one roster that had all the tag teams on and one roster that had the women on especially now there's a women tag teams because at the moment the tag team champions for the women just float between brands and it would make like the shows more focused because you would know oh, i can turn into this one because i want to see the tag team wrestling i, can I turn like into tag this team one. wrestling Exactly. It's a whole different style of wrestling. Yeah, I love it. I mean, um, Butcher hopefully listens to this. Like he said, that's what got him into wrestling. That's his favorite type of wrestling, tag team wrestling. I mean, and it just it's diluted by the fact they're split across two brands. Yeah, there's and not might... enough talent. Exactly. Yeah, not enough and, tag team talent. Not just putting two singles together. Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, because you need sure. that nice sort of synchronicity and the the tandem offense and stuff. Um, not to derail it, but uh, last night's AEW, I'd like what FTR are doing with yeah. the brush with thingy, uh, brush with fame. I can't remember what it's called. Because um, TH two, I've never like I've seen them in stuff, and I was like, mm-hmm. and they really impressed me yesterday. Like genuinely, I was like, "Oh man, these these are these are good." Yeah, but scary. I like what they're doing. Lefty they're taking their, well, their yeah. title to put other people over. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, AEW has a very strong tag team division. Yeah. WWE be... at the moment does not have a very good tag team division. No, but they could if they, they were could. all together. If they if they, <laughs> if they if they focused it down yeah. into a single. Yeah, League. that 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 would be my ultimate fantasy, but I know that isn't going to happen. It's never going to happen. We'll, we'll, no, no, no. We'll look at what may happen on there. So, so what are we going? We're we going Raw to SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown to Raw. I've got first, but I'm easy. Yeah, go on. Yeah. just means SmackDown looking further down the page. Uh, SmackDown to Raw. First one I want to see Naomi. Yeah. Um, absolutely wasted in SmackDown. Um. They seem to be focused really, really, really much on the Bailey Sasha Banks thing, 
and everything else seems to have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Um, it's a shame after the Naomi, like the little movement that had happened, and they even acknowledged the movement on SmackDown. Of yeah. Naomi deserves better. Then I love Naomi. Spanish. I think she's she's, she's incredibly talented. She's a, a very good wrestler. Um, and the last thing, like I saw, I think she she lost two matches to Bailey uh, due to Sasha Banks' interference. But before that, there was like a karaoke contest and shit. Yeah, there was a karaoke. Come on, like don't. Well, she- she actually, uh, what was it? Whatever show it was, again, I want to say SummerSlam, where Oscar was fighting Sasha and Bailey on the same night, and there was a timed, was yeah. there was a timed match on SmackDown versus Naomi, where Bailey fought Naomi and Sasha fought Naomi, and whoever won the quickest got to defend second against Oscar because she'd be more tired, and Naomi actually beat Bailey. Wow. That match, I mean, and I thought I was like, okay, all right. So obviously, then Sasha got to defend second, uh, and then we had the whole shenanigans of ref tops and all this stuff. Yes, um, nonsense, liquid nonsense. But <laughs> I just feel there's no one there but, for yeah, her to go up against. If that's anywhere, if no. that's if that's what they're going to do with her is use her as a, as a comedy character. Um, put her up. Uh, you've got you got Oscar. Put her up against Oscar. Different styles. Yeah. Be interesting. Put her up against um, the Riot Squad. Be interesting. It's she's just sitting there doing nothing. We don't. We have not seen her for weeks. No, I can't remember what she did last. I don't year. think she's out injured. Um, yeah. No, um, that's my first pick. Go on. Yeah. Well, not so. Well, I suppose it is a pick, really. I, I would. I would move um, Sasha to Raw. I'd separate her from Bailey. Because that match between Bailey and Sasha, which has dominated like TV for the last six months, yeah. and it's and the actual storytelling's been superb, but it's been to the detriment of the other women, um, apart from Oscar, who's who's kind of done well from it. Um, I, that match needs a crowd. That match needs WrestleMania. And I thought, and I, WWE don't seem very like a patient company, and I thought they got it when they had the attack and then they had the next attack. And I thought, right, they're writing Sasha off here. She's gone. She's going to come back at the Rumble and she's going to... Yes, and then we all, back. We and all appears, thought that. Yeah, and it appears that we're going for a Hell in a Cell match. But in, in my reality, we would we would separate uh, the two. wasn't there injury or COVID or something against... Oh, was it Clash of Champions? She was supposed to go up against someone else and something else happened. I can't remember now because Bailey. Yeah. Bailey Bailey was supposed to fight uh Nikki. And she couldn't show. Yeah, so, so she I ended up fighting. They, I, th- I think Oscar they've had to ru- I think they've had to rush this forward. Yeah. She fought Oscar. Um, but she fought Oscar again and then and then Sasha intervened. But I think it was just to, to generate heat. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hoping at some point before Hell in a Cell like that. Uh, Sasha basically gets written off again but I would like Sasha to be drafted away from her so there they is a, to, a desperation they have to fight to get back to each other yeah well, well Bailey thinks Bailey's the cocky heel of ah, she's gone don't need to worry about her now and even though she's on Raw Sasha's fighting but she's saying um, she Wouldn't wants you. Bailey and then obviously the story is then written she can go to the Rumble she can win the Rumble, 
and then go over and say, now I'm coming for you. And then at Mania, where hopefully we would have a crowd. Well, apparently um, Florida are allowing crowds back. Yes, I've, I've read that. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, nothing to everyone about. Yeah. Um, but even if there's that 20% crowd, that, that, that match between them, I mean, we, we have, so in all our notes and stuff of matches that we do want to look back on, one of the matches is their takeover match. So we won't yep. go into that too much now, but they need a crowd of, of any rivalry that is going on in wrestling right it, now. They need a crowd. Build this up. Build it up for a year. It's a good yeah. call, actually. I never thought of this. But yeah, yeah. Send, it, send, it, send it a raw, make a fight away up, possibly take Oscar down, champion versus champion, both belts. Yeah. I mean, you could even have, I mean, the way they do Survivor Series now, Raw versus SmackDown, you could even have a story in that where Zachary <gasps> is dodging anything to do with the, the women's team. Oh, man, you're well better at this than me. I just, thought of, <laughs> I just thought of stuff that I was like, people who aren't being utilized properly. I never thought like long-term storylines. I was like, yeah, people who I want to see fight. <laughs> I mean, technically it's champions versus champions, but like, I don't know, they could have something where Sasha's like, well, I can fight SmackDown people, but. Bailey's doing everything she can to, to get away from it. But yeah, I think splitting them two up will be the best. And you already alluded to it in Naomi. The reason she's falling by the wayside is because everyone's falling by the wayside because yeah. of, of uh, this story. Oh, she, Lacey, Lacey Hart. No, Lacey, Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. Lacey Hart. Yeah. That's someone else entirely. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't Google that. Um, Lacey Evans, yeah. Falling <laughs> by the wayside entirely. All, all the female wrestlers seem to have just... It's all they're focused on. And... Again, why I like NXT. They put people yeah. up there. I'll draw that. So over to you. So I've got Sasha moving to Raw. I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna take a poll. Well, no. I mean, do you know what Worlds Collide is? The Power Man Five Thousand song. <laughs> no, um, it was. I, I never watched it. Well, it was. Um, it was a few years ago when NXT had this um, event called Worlds Collide, where they had like they had a match that basically was quite similar to a Money in the Bank. And whoever won this match, and it was it, bring him up again. It was Velveteen Dream who won this match, and if you won the match, you got to challenge for a title. So it wasn't like Money in the Bank where you cashed in like mid-match and yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that drama, but you got to declare, "I want a match for this championship." And you'd have thought he'd have gone for the NXT title. He didn't. He went for the um, North American title when Adam Cole had it. So. If, if they did that for that, because everyone was just like, oh, he'll go for the NXT title, but he didn't. So, you know, money in the it's bank could just work the same. Because I don't think Otis has it has a as a as a solo to 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 take anyone on. No, he doesn't, no. You've got McIntyre and you've got um Reigns. Yeah. He ain't toppling any of them. He ain't toppling any of them. But like you said. Oh, man, this is all getting into fantasy, fantasy booking. This is like doubling down. If there was a separate subdivision of tag team division across brands, yep. which I don't see why they couldn't be, to be honest. No. No, we could easily do it. Because if we um, take out the filler, filler matches, because like on, yeah, on each cause... show that they have filler tag matches and filler women matches. But if you made them actual matches of consequence, you've, you've got... I'd, I w- I'd be less inclined to skip them. Yeah. Or watch them on times eight. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was purely because he ain't going to do anything on SmackDown with that money in the bank. 
Um, yeah, no, I agree. You could if you went to Raw. I mean, I, to be fair, I'm not even sure who who has the tag titles at the moment. Yeah, I actually, apart from, I knew the Street Profits, they've had them forever, but I had to actually think that it's Cesaro and Nakamura and SmackDown. Oh, uh, they had a pre-show, was it, at uh, Thingy this weekend? Last yeah. weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I believe they're called, like, the Gifted Artists or something. Something like that. Yeah. Cesaro's a, a story for another day. That, that guy needs more than gets, but... um, Also, Mandy Rose is there. That'd be nice. Yeah. Got a story to tell there. I kind of feel like they're going their own way now with Mandy. I, again, I feel like she didn't I... seem that bothered and raw that she's not with Otis. <laughs> no, it felt very. But then again, he comes in and she's like, "Oh, she's like distancing herself." I'm, I'm, I'm just more for things that make more sense. Where you're like things that make actual sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and look at long. Well, uh, how many more have you got in uh, Raw? Smackdown, Smackdown or Raw? I didn't do bloody every super. Like, I read a list and there's no, a name. I've got like two more. Yeah. There is a name at one, the bottom of one list. I was like, who the hell is that? Um, I actually... <laughs> I'm wondering if they're going to swap Roman and Drew. Because um, it's a weird dynamic at the moment where money-wise, SmackDown is the A show. Like, like I'm talking like literal money that WWE get from the company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. SmackDown is the A show. But Vince <gasps> will always see Raw as the A show, so he will want Roman top on the A show. On Again, see, this is why you're better at this than me. I go with I go with what I think makes sense in my head, and you're like, financially, this makes sense. Um, I, I can see, and him returning to Raw as as ooh, because then that would down. fit his new music that he's hinted at and stuff. He's already took his top off, which I was thankful yeah. for. Yeah, and he said, uh, yeah, surprisingly ecstatic for someone taking the top off. Uh, he's, um, he, yeah. But I'm he, comfortable, he, thank you. He, no, no, I, I was the same. <laughs> um, he said um, his music will change when his story gets darker. And I thought that was quite an interesting quote that he gave to suggest it's it's going to get well, darker. Is going to draft him? Well, then... I, I've... Well, it depends on how other members of the draft go. But if he was to end up on the same brand as, and it, this could be on Raw or SmackDown, there's a couple of people that there's stories there with Keith Lee. So he's already had that moment with Keith Lee at Survivor Series where well, he, he gave him a massive rub. Wait until we get Raw or SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a chance of a rivalry there. And... Um, also with Seth. If Seth was to stay there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Again. I'll, I'll come on to Seth more in a, in I a never, moment. I never looked at it in a sort of business sense of, um, yeah, Monday Night Raw is is Vince's... It's Vince's baby. Baby, isn't not, it? Yeah. Despite the fact that it's, it's mostly garbage. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll come back on to, to Seth in a moment on that one, but... um. Yeah, I I do feel that they could swap the champions, and they and they in previous drafts they've had a bit of a, a history fair. of swapping champions like yeah, that. It makes sense because McIntyre's got no one left. Exactly, and it would freshen freshen it up there. Freshen it up because like Randy Orton's done. He's probably going to go off and feud with someone else. Yeah, and they, they have 
They've had history else. of swapping the championships around. It's a good call, man. Um, like even to the extent where you've ended up with the US and IC title on the same brand, but then one of them goes over and then drops it and then they get drafted to the other brand like they've done that. Um, but I think them two could swap, which would be quite interesting. So over. That, no, I'm 100% on board for that. I would like to see that. Yep. Mine all look rubbish in comparison. <laughs> Mine aren't that great. I'm just, I was no, looking but at that's that like big logical one. and well thought out. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, Seamus. <laughs> Go on. I want to see it. Um, I don't particularly like Seamus as a wrestler. No. Um, but from everything I've seen of him, he has been an enhancement for Jeff Hardy or. Um, Shorty G. Shorty G. God, don't. He's another one that's underused. But yeah. Again, I wanted to put him in a list, but if Seamus moved, they'd have to find something to do with him. I think he's more suitable to SmackDown. Yeah. Seamus is, I mean, the whole. (sighs) He was top card at one point, and he seems to have dropped right down through no fault of his own. I don't think. He's still got no. chops. He can still go the distance. Um, it's just been used for comedy bits, like the the the, the wee wee thing, the, the the Jeff Hardy urine test thing and stuff. Yeah. That's not for people of that caliber. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah, that particular was low comfortable, point. Yeah. Comfortable storyline, that yeah. one. And yeah, a history of uncomfortable storylines. Um, but going back to Raw, uh, he's a big lad. There's people he could go up against. I mean, he could go up against McIntyre. Braun. I said he goes to Raw. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 If he goes to Raw against McIntyre. Yeah. Scotland versus Ireland. That's a classic thing, isn't it? Yeah. We're both yeah, British, true, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So this is like. Oh, yeah. uh, if we ever go after. international. <laughs> yeah. If we get outside of like Manchester, I'll be happy. Um, but no, it, it just—he's still got years in him, Seamus, as well. And he's got—he's in, he's in the best shape he's ever been in. Yeah, and, and he's just—he's so got been used. Switch him over, put him in some new rivalries with someone. There's plenty of people. I didn't realize there were so many options available for for, for drafting. Oh, it's ridiculous. They'll, yeah. they'll draft so many on the show, and then like after the show, you'll get a load of social media ones of like, our truth's gone to this brand, and Ooh, this person you've never heard of has gone to this brand. That was an idea I had. If our truth did get drafted over as SmackDown, him against Shorty G, that'd be fun. Yeah, our truth's a good goer. Uh, no, uh, yeah, but he's become he's like a comedy, fun, 24-7 character, isn't he? Yeah. It's like the whole fucking Crash Holly hardcore thing. It's Yeah. Um. But against Shorty G, they could they could go back and forth between them. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, Seamus. Yeah, going over to Raw. Could see that. Go on. To Raw, and this isn't actually, this isn't actually SmackDown to Raw. It is, especially in light of what happened in NXT yesterday. Oh, I've got a separate subcategory for NXTs to. Oh, have you? I'll, yeah. I'll leave that one then. I got so if tag teams aren't getting split up, then it is it is law that when there is a draft that the Miz must move. 
So he will <laughs> he will bring Morrison with him. Every single draft, Miz moves Brand. Every single draft. So it would appear uh, that him and Morrison could move, which just gives the Street Profits a, a, a fresh challenge, assuming yeah. that the Raw Tag Champions stay there. So it's just quite a simple one. Tag team tag teams need freshening up on, on both sides, really. So yeah, that's just a, an easy one for me on that one. Or, like you said, focusing into a separate sub-genre of yeah, draft. Fan- fantasy-wise, that would be good. Championship tag belts. It's easy to do. Yeah, it's easy. And, then, and you've also got a ready-built match to kick off with of unifying the belts. Yeah. Which is or a best high... Of three. Yeah, you've got, you've got a high-stakes match ready to go of unifying the belts. So... <sighs> Someone get me Vince's email. So easy. It's there. It's in the face. Oh, wait. It's damn it, Vince. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> uh, damn it, Vince Pod. Da. Um, no, go on. Sorry. No, no, mate. no, no NXT. We're talking straight SmackDown to Raw. SmackDown to Raw. I think they're my main swap. Did you not um, do them in categories, Ellis? I put Raw men, Raw women, SmackDown men, SmackDown women. But All like, right. so, but sometimes I've like kept people on, on brand, so it's not always a swap, but I've kept oh, people okay, on, okay. on, on there. Uh, my last one is Braun Strongman. Yeah, I think I do think he's going to go to Raw. Although for some reason, he's, my... He's on auto, Raw more than SmackDown now. My autocorrect <laughs> has, has done it to Strongman. Um, Strongman, yeah. yeah. Put him in Raw Underground. It's shit. Yeah. But just put him in there as like the daddy of it. He's just going in there, ripping faces off, kicking people's legs into the sun. Yeah? Yeah. Because if he drops any any more losses to anyone, he stops becoming the beast, this unkillable monster sort of thing. Yeah. And just becomes like someone you have to go through to get to someone else. Yeah. Get him on Raw, get him on Underground for a couple, you know, for a bit, and then figure out what you want to do with him then. Yeah. He's on Raw more than SmackDown now, anyway. Yeah, I know. When showing I up, asking for Raw matches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, because that's what he wants. Yeah. Who's he going up against in in SmackDown? Nobody. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, I'm all, uh, Yeah, that's one that I would have said as well. Other way around. We're all done with SmackDown to Raw. Feels like you have something to say. Possibly got one more. Go Possibly on. Go more. for it. Um, I'm wondering if The Fiend and Alexa will swap. Oh, now, this is the thing. They have to go together. They have, they to, go have together. to go together, but also, are they taking Kevin Owens with them? I've got the reverse swap for that. As, as you Kevin said to the me way. the other day, anyone touched by The Fiend becomes changed by The Fiend. Yep. I've got KO going the other way. That doesn't make any sense. They could form like a weird, groovy stable. They could, but like the Fiend's history is like Alexa's weird in, well, not weird, unique in the way that it's the first person he's he's touched, (laughs) want of a better word, that has stayed with him and has got a connection to the Fiend. Everyone else, he's just had an interaction with, that's a better word, he's had an interaction with, and they have changed the, he, the, the, the face or heel dynamic, even when they've swapped brands. So, KO could change brands, have nothing to do with him, but he has changed his dynamic. So, Miz did it 
Maze, Maze had yeah. an interaction with Fiend, yeah. and then he changed back into his heel persona. And it was like, nothing was ever mentioned of, oh, this is because of the Fiend. It just happened. I'm pretty sure he had something with Finn, and then Finn showed up on NXT more nice. as a heel. And so, like, there's a lot of subtle ones that he's had that hasn't changed. I was thinking about it the other day, and the only one that hasn't changed at all is Jerry Lawler. <laughs> he's just the same Jerry Lawler on commentary, but he had a he had one when he, he did if, it on if, Jerry Lawler. If, if you if you're chaotic evil from the start, you can't change your alignment. That's no, exactly. Um, but I don't think they need that. The story with the Fiend is they don't need to be aligned with the Fiend and be on the same brand. You you've just crossed his path. And you have changed, like Braun Strowman changed, but Alexa needs to be with. Him oh, yeah, that yeah is... totally. And um, I think also, that, bonus well, points to um, Alexa Bliss for that um, interview. Oh, it was, yeah, she's absolutely superb at the moment. It was that was good. Uh, the Fiend needs better music because that does get repetitive after like yeah. five minutes of the same thirty-second loop. It does, um, yeah. But I think that that story is. To me, one of the most interesting on, on WWE, and it, uh, it is one of make, our future fantasy bookings of how that is going to go. Make the fiend a credible threat again. Yeah, yeah, and I, I want the fiend and Roman, especially, to be separated. I don't think he can be a credible threat when he's on the same brand as Roman. That's true. Because no one's stopping Roman. No one's stopping Roman. Nah, he's got his top off. Not that he necessarily needs to. Exactly. That's it. So, so he's amped it up to eleven. You're not beating that. Um, not that he's necessarily going to beat Drew. A lot. He needs to have a, a, a title with Drew, a match with Drew, but I, I think he needs to be separated. I mean, years, a couple of when when the Fiend started. So again, I used to talk to Butcher a lot about this stuff. We had this this idea that, and I think it would be really cool. Where the fiend didn't actually care for championship, so like even to... if he won one, he's, he's literally burn it. So a bit like yeah. the Joker, he wants to see the Some world burn. I don't care burn. for this money. Yeah, I've got this title. I don't care for it, and literally just burn the thing. I don't care about this title. I'm just here to watch the world burn. Um, I d- I didn't kind of like the fact the fiend got pushed into title pictures with Seth so quick. Mm. Um, and then he became about wanting to win the title. It's like that's not what the fiend should be, um, and it did untold damage to Seth Rollins. Like I felt he didn't make his situation any better the way he kind of tried to be the locker room leader no. on Twitter, Seth Rollins. But it it caused him so much damage, and it's been very very interesting over the last few months where Seth has done interviews where like at the time he was coming out defending that Hell in a Cell match that he had with The Fiend that was <sighs> atrocious was that finish and he was defending it and he, he kept coming out and backing the company but in the last few months he has come out and said how that match basically ended him as a face it ended him as that character mm. and he didn't want it to go like that and he's spoken out against it and now he's had to change as a result um, which is a shame because going into that match with Brock Lesnar when he was babyface, he was he was a very very good babyface at that. Point. Yeah, yeah. And it got ruined. So yeah, but yeah, I can see the I could see the fiend with Alexa possibly possibly swapping. But yeah, that's it on there. I also feel 
that whichever I say whichever brand retribution should be across both. If they are this renegade group, and they should honest, not have a brand. I was thinking this before, and I was like, they should be across both. They should be cross bandical. It's not the word, is it? Um, but they should yeah. have that opportunity because um, they're, they're, yeah. they're there to tear it all down. So yeah. you can't just be like, oh, we'll tear Raw down, SmackDown will follow. They're independent. They're, they're... If you're going to do it, have a go at NXT as well. Exactly, yeah. Recruit they, some they, people they from there. To, um, to be fair, uh, to mention Retribution this week, um, I'm back on board yeah, Retribution. I want to. Same. Uh, um, it's funny. Like This is our first official podcast, but we had a kind of a, a prelim one, if you like, a, a warm-up. And we talked about the death of retribution on that one, just you and I. Very early on, yeah. We were like, very early on. Was he called? Was yeah, it, was a few weeks toe, ago. Toe bar and slap nuts. What's going on? Um, but with <laughs> yeah. this, with but, with yeah, the, well, go on with with the realizations this week. Yeah, with the alley realizations, um, and I thought that was brilliant. Again, mentioning Butcher. Butcher's been a massive fan of Ali for a very, very long time. Like for, even before he came onto main roster. Um, and he is very talented. He's probably got the potential to be one of the biggest baby faces with the gimmick he had. But as the leader of Retribution, it could be amazing, especially if they tie it into the hacker gimmick, the which hacker. appears to have disappeared, but everyone was very certain it was Ali. And the hacker with Retribution just makes absolute sense. Like somebody who knows everything that's going on and this group that's trying to turn down, turn down a company... Um, but yeah, Mustafa, I think, as a leader, has, has just revived them. And literally before we started recording this, it, it's, it's like, I don't know if you've watched it on Facebook, The Social Dilemma, it knows what is coming. Um, but mm. I was recommended, um, uh, basically, I found a tweet from, and I'll, I'll send it to you to put on our on our Twitter account, just because I'm not stealing credit for this. A tweet by somebody called Dominique at Domo underscore Adam. I was just about to fucking yes. mention this man. Yeah. Like this um, is an unbelievable breakdown that if, if WWE do this going forward, it just breaks down why every single member of that group would want retribution. Hire, hire this man as creative. And have you seen the fact that T Bar or whoever it is? Or oh, retweeted him. He was like, yep. Uh, private message he was like he, no yeah. he dm'd him and said yeah. you're the first person who has looked into our motivations and you've got every single one of them spot on like honestly this is an amazing yeah. thread that just breaks it down yeah. um um yeah um ellis i'll just give you the password to it you can retweet stuff or whatever for me. I mean, yeah 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 no yeah i already one less but thing yeah. for me you have to do um, yeah, but yeah, I read it before and it was like I was like, I read it and I was like um, I was so quickly so quick to dismiss them like the mark I am um, yeah but when yeah um, broke them down it was it was it was a beautiful thing and it's like yeah. I can see why now and I'm hoping the fact that T Bar whoever it was that DM'd him about it suggests that that is actually going to be part of the story going forward and. If they are this renegade group, they, they shouldn't be on one brand. They should be floating Cross around bounds. doing whatever the hell they want with Ali as this lead, which he could absolutely revel in. And I hope it makes him because Ali is unbelievably talented. Yes. I remember you sent me that video of um, him running oh, drills. Oh, yeah. It was that one and a half speed. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, them across both ends. Um, so yeah, uh, any any raw to smackdowns you had? I know I've talked about people swapping. Keith Lee, yeah, yeah. Uh, wasted. Excellent, excellent NXT. Put him up there. Change his music. Put him in a leotard <laughs> slash dress. <laughs> um, yeah. Made him have a bit of a bit of a go at um, the Viper, and and then now really has to. Been... Yeah, it seemed promising when he beat Randy Queen. Oh, okay. Here we go. Then... Yeah, but yeah, you could do with. Got SmackDown. There's more people there. Get you into some good feuds, people. See, historically, like over the years, like like when they first did the brand split, um, they always talked about like Raw was the the entertainment show and the Razzmatazz show, and SmackDown was the wrestling show. Uh, I think it was Kurt Angle who, who talked about that when it's on that there's something network documentary about um, I can't remember what it was called, but there's a network documentary about when they, they're talking about the split and Kurt Angle said he was on SmackDown and that the roster came together and went, we're being called the B show. So we're going to go out and just wrestle the best matches you've ever seen. And that's what they did. Yeah. And I think Keith Lee going to a show. If 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 SmackDown does that kind of, we're going to be the wrestling show. Keith Lee's got chops, man. Keith Lee's got chops. He is days. unbelievable. Um, he is unbelievable. And dashing back to retribution there, <laughs> going into that tweet, into that tweet we mentioned, the reason for Dijakovic or T-Bar, yeah, being the one that's upset is they had an incredible rivalry in NXT in 2019. Like it's the most gifable rivalry, <gasps> but it's the most amazing rivalry yes. you could see. Because um, he says, doesn't he? It's, um, yeah, and you signed the the horse contract or something. Yeah, yeah. So Keith Lee went up, changed his moveset, changed oh, his thing, and did it. But the last thing we saw of Dijakovic on NXT was um, him basically getting handed to him by Karrion Cross. Yeah, and Keith In Lee front was there. Keith Lee. And allowed it to happen, yeah. even though Dijakovic said let it happen. And then he Keith, just bugged it off and didn't Keith, care about Keith it. Keith Lee knew at that point he'd been called up, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he knew. So you've got you've got a rivalry there that, that that could be. If you allow I'm hoping that with retribution they don't like completely change what they are as a wrestler, because Dijakovic like wrestling like Keith Lee, even in this new T bar character, like they could still put on an incredible match. So, but I think on SmackDown that would be amazing. Jim, you've still got the same it. sort of move sets. You're not exactly, yeah. So yeah, Keith Lee to SmackDown. I would, I would agree and agree. But on that also, one. I reckon Keith Lee, Big E. Yes. Different styles yeah. could be good. Be a big old slobber knocker. Yeah. No. Yeah, when you mention Big E, like I think he's another one we can talk about in fantasy booking. But one of my reasons earlier on for they're never going to split them. No, 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 not for splitting uh, New Day. One of my reasons for swapping Roman and Drew before was I think Big E is much more likely to dethrone Drew than he is to dethrone Roman. Oh yeah, Um, it's going to take the way they're building Roman. It's going to take something tremendous. No. Yeah. And I th- it's going to take literally someone dropping a piano on him from a great height. Yeah. I think I think we're building... I think... Again, Which I, I don't know. This. It's one of our fantasy bookings is Roman's Road to Mania where 
all roads at yeah, the moment. Yeah, but we need, bo- we need Butcher for that because this is his yeah. over, isn't it? You know all, what I mean? Yeah, all, all roads lead to the rock at the moment with that one. When you look at Roman. But that's still can Roman rock, women. Can the, rock, can the rock still go for 30 minutes, though? I don't know. Last two times he's done it, he's, uh, he's got a hernia or, <laughs> or something like that. Um, he's old. Yeah, but but even then, if that happened, it, it would be Roman winning, so he's still walking out champion. Um, I, I do feel like Big E... What, if the Rock gets a hernia, he still walks out champion? No, 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 Roman walks out champion. Oh, Roman, no, sorry, no, Roman no, walks sorry. out champion. That That's the ultimate, if they're doing family versus family thing. That's the ultimate finale of that, isn't it, really? Um, but yeah, I think Big E... I'm all on board for Big E single push. I'm all on board for oh, Big yeah, E winning yeah. the top title. Nope. And he's more likely to do it against Drew. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, I've got... Um, going from Raw to SmackDown there, then. I've got KO. We've, we've already covered this, haven't we, really? Yes, but with a thing of him, yes, he would turn. Well, I've actually put again. You've got a subcategory here, so I'm kind of could be dipping in. But I've got Ko going to SmackDown, or my preference would be he actually goes back to NXT as a heel. That would be my preference. He goes heel because of Fiend, and he goes back to NXT fantasy world. But going to SmackDown, you have got. Sami Zayn as the Intercontinental Champion. Yes. And you have a long-standing history there, and they have had feuds mm. on the main roster. But you have the potential to kind of reignite that in a different way if KO doesn't also, turn heel. Because at Lucha, the moment... Luchador El Generico, or whatever he was called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, El Generico. Like, that feud has... like If, you, if you're not going to do the general Fiend turns the person, so KO moves over as a babyface... That feud has always been Sammy's the the standard, typical, ultra baby face, yeah. and KO is the heel, always. And that's not just in WWE; that's in previous promotions on the indies and stuff. And it's a bit like the Sasha Bailey thing, where they're flipping it, and they could flip it. So it's always been Sasha heel, Bailey face. But at the moment, that's flipped because Bailey is a heel, and it could be the same here, where KO is the baby face and Sammy's a heel, and it could be a, a new dynamic on they an old I've been feud. pushing Sammy doing more sort of sadistic, uh, weird stuff. Like yeah. the whole um, tethering Jeff Hardy to some ladders and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, yeah, he went heel a bit ago, and then he just kind of became this manager, and it's like I, he's an I, amazing. I've only recently become aware of Sami Zayn, and yeah, he, he was pretty much everything that he's done, and I'm in love with the man because he's amazing. He's very good. He was super babyface. <laughs> yeah, like won't do anything wrong, and that, and I, I think it's another class. We'd not put it on, but I think it's one we could watch when he when he does win the NXT title against Cesaro at Takeover. On the KO, list, KO turns on him. Um, he came oh, up to Raw. That. He sent me that, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. came up to Raw, super babyface. His turn was quite a big moment. I can't remember how it happened. I'd have to look back, but it kind of shocked people because it was a bit like Bailey. Like this is one person who could never ever turn heel, and it, yeah, he's been heel for a bit now. But it's kind of been weird because he turned heel, and then they were just like made him some sort of manager for Cesaro and Nakamura, and it was like this guy can wrestle. This guy 
like Nakamura when he came over, it was a massive deal. That, that was a massive signing from New Japan. Mm. Yeah. And he went into NXT. His first match on NXT was against Sami Zayn. It was Sami Zayn's last match in NXT. And he lost to Nakamura to put him over. And they had a phenomenal match on a takeover. And I was like, this guy's got chops. Why is he just sitting there managing? So, like, I'm really happy that they brought him back for a start. And I'm really happy they brought him back wrestling. And, yeah, he did some very evil shit in that ladder match. Yeah. Um, I think might... what we might need to do in future going forward, Ellis, is if we're going to reference matches, at least, like, give a date and reference to them. Yeah. yeah. Just as a, as a fun thing. This is an aside. Yeah. yeah, I know, yeah. I can do it in the notes. They always say that. Do it in the notes. Don't Put it we? in the notes, yeah. 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 Um, but no, yeah. Um, my only other one that I had from Rock Smackdown um, is Brock Lesnar. He comes yeah. in, he does fucking what, three? Yeah. Yeah, he's signed. But it all depends on if... Um, like you said, um, Reigns stays on SmackDown. Yeah. Because Brock Lesnar, managed by Paul Heyman, yeah. Going up against. Mm, see? Yeah. Well, there you go. Good story. Could there. be interesting. Yeah. Can't see it happening. Les- um, Lesnar only comes back when he needs more money for shit tattoos. Um, Seriously, that one in his tits looks mental. No normal oh, person oh. would get that done. I hope that's drawn on. He has that drawn on every match. Is that the sword one? The sword it's tattoo. like a it's like a bayonet with a hand grenade for a handle or something. I don't know. Like it's an American <sighs> idiot. Yeah. I'm not wouldn't say it to his face. I'd be like, it's a nice tattoo. Um but yeah, that's I've only got NXT left. Uh you mean if you've got more. Keep going. Uh, I think that's most of them. Uh, the only one I thought is uh, possibly Buddy. So him and Seth could have a, a match at Hell in a Cell, the way it's going, and then just officially split them up and split them, split the yeah, brand. I see um, that. Just like Buddy, Buddy's at um, Murphy is an amazing wrestler. So bang him on SmackDown, let him let him go, let him rip and split him from Seth. Um, I would, and and going on Seth. I would, I would love Seth to be able to have a rival with Roman. I mean, I know they've been in the Shield, and the Shield's been rehashed to death. But the actual match between Seth and Roman, like it's happened, not very much. Like you think it would have done, but it hasn't. Seth and Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley happened. Also, you've you've not ton. got Moxley there anymore, yeah. No, it happened a ton, but actually, Seth and Roman hasn't ha- happened that often as a one-on-one. I can only actually think of a couple. And the main one is when uh, Seth had got injured as a champion after cashing in. Roman took the top position and Seth came back, attacked Roman, and they had a match at Money in the Bank, which is the night when all three members of the Shield were the champion within one hour, where Roman walked in champion. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth beat him and then Dean cashed in. And that match, their, their chemistry is incredible. Like Seth and Roman's chemistry is incredible. And it's got one of my favorite counters ever where Roman goes for the spear and Seth counters it with a pedigree, which I just think is a genius counter. I would quite like a rivalry where Roman and Seth have it and Roman beats the shit out of Seth to kind of, because if we're going on this... Cement that uber heel. Yeah, because, and again, that flips the narrative of like 
Roman's always been the face in that kind of situation. Yeah. And if we're going on the family narrative, like I know he's not family by blood like Jay, but in terms of WWE, Seth is Roman's family. And to see Roman just treat him like he's nobody. Burn all bridges. Could be, I think, a, a really nice intermediate rivalry on the way to on the way to WrestleMania. So I, I would like Seth and Roman to end up on the same brand, whichever brand that is. Yeah, he's almost better at this than me. That's that's me on that one. No, but seriously. The subcategory. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, NXT. quite important. Yes, which is where things could I think get interesting because the only one I want to see genuinely is um Gargano and Larray. Yeah, I put them as well, yeah. Coming uh, up. Because they got now else left to do. Yeah. No. Yeah. They proved that they can take it. Yeah. Um and also I don't know. I don't want to see like cross what's it called cross gender wrestling actually no fuck it like mixed gender yeah but it's all no one's getting really hurt are they um but Tony Gargano is a very good wrestler Candice LeRae is a very good wrestler together and specifically coming with that whole Gargano way thing yeah yeah no I've I've put them on that's t-shirt sales there man oh yeah easily yeah yeah, I've I've got them on as well. I, I kind of fear it won't happen, just judging by the NXT this week when they're watching that video of that kind of new. I can't remember what she was called, but it was a newcomer one. It was quite cool, actually. Did you did you watch the vignette with a TV? Um, no, because I'm watching it on BT Sports. Right. So yeah, book, so yeah. I, I sent a skip a lot of stuff. I appreciate. It. So basically, they uh, Candice was walking a dog, and and Johnny was like at home going, what's this TV here? And it was from one of the uh, NXT female superstars, but I can't remember what she's called. She's not really a well-known one right now. And then later on in the show, that Johnny's watching the TV and he was like, Candice, like there's a USB in this TV and it's of the Battle Royale when, um, you know, when Candice won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's highlighting this woman. So it's like got a ring around the woman, like everything's dark. It's got a ring around her. And Johnny's gone... Do you know how, how, did you realize how many times she saved you in this match? And it shows her stopping Candice getting thrown over loads of times in the match. What the and then, fuck? And that, yeah. So, like, honestly, like, Candice is about to get thrown over, and this woman comes and pulls two women off her and then does nothing to Candice and just looks at her and then carries on wrestling. And then Johnny's gone, she saved you loads of times in this match. And Candice's like, oh, yeah. And then Johnny said, I think I'm warming to this woman. And I was like, I appre- I love that little callback that they do little details like that in it. But that also makes me think they're not going to get called up. It it looks like they're going to try. Nah, and they're, re- they're running a story there, aren't they? they they're going to call. They're going to recruit to the Gargano way. Is effectively what they're doing there. But yeah, no, I do I do feel that they they would be a good call up. I got I, nobody else. I got a couple. I think Rhea Ripley could come up. I don't. I think I her star see, is big enough now. I don't want to see her go up there. <laughs> it's like your children. I don't want to see her go up there and just like be poorly utilized. Yeah, I just think she could be a, an absolute credible challenger to to any of the two top champions. Um, and that, and I don't oh, know. No. Yeah. Yeah. But they're gonna go. Okay, so you've got this really cool sort of like 
metal biker chick gimmick. Yeah. Um, we're going to make you, um, we're going to make you a sexy surfer woman. And you're like, no, let her yeah. be what she be. If, if, yeah. if they bring her up and they let her be Rhea Ripley. Her, her match with uh, Charlotte WrestleMania, the open yes. night too. What a match. That was yeah. superb. And uh, there's a documentary about that WrestleMania where like, it shows after the match when the cameras are down and Charlotte says, she basically says to her, you're going to be top champion here. I can see it. No, she's good. Um, Might be too early, but... Literally, yesterday with um, um, Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley's tag team. Yeah. That oh, yeah. just... I was like, oh, for a moment, are they going to like go, oh, we'll go full tag team and be called like Rip Moon or something. <laughs> Um, but it'd be good because yeah. the two people who are wanting to go for it, like that's yeah. that thing. It's she's so young as well. She's unbelievable for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's infuriating, isn't it? Yeah, it is infuriating. I'm nearly forty, and I've <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the only well, I've actually, I've actually got two, but one's a reverse. Um, because of what has happened last night in NXT, as we referenced earlier on, is. The Undisputed Era could be a good foil for Retribution. I can't see it. I can't um, see it happening. I can't they see could... it happening. They're going to they're keep them there, um, especially with the fact that I think they're going to push half of them. I think they're going to split them. Gonna yeah, split... there's, there's this rumour of half of them being face. So yeah, basically Cole gonna... and O'Reilly being face and the other two. They're going to split them, half of them face, half of them heels. Yeah, um, that's that's coming. I, I I felt like that's where the story was going with the attack after takeover. That it was yeah. actually commissioned by um, Fish and Strong because that on NXT is I, I didn't have a Mercedes last week and now I've got a Mercedes. Yeah, it's like well, yeah, that's come from them, hasn't it? Um, but yeah, I can't see that. To throw one last one out there, go on. Which it's reverse. It's going to NXT, which I think could be amazing. But I can't see it happening. But considering he does want to go a bit more part-time and knowing the kind of performer he is, I would absolutely love to see Daniel Bryan go to NXT. You take my breath away. Right. Um, Especially because there is an unbelievable story to tell there in that Daniel Bryan's journey in WWE started in NXT when it was basically... It was before Triple H had his hands on it. It was basically some some weird assault course <laughs> thing where you had like there's a, there's a video, there's a video of Titus O'Neil falling over with barrels, and that is where his rivalry with the Miz started because his mentor was the Miz, and Daniel Bryan was there, and he basically lost a ton, shit ton of matches, and he was rubbish on this NXT brand, and that that was that. So there's actually a story to tell of him going back and going, well, I was nothing here. Now I'm going to be something. And also, a bit like Jericho, Daniel Bryan is able to put people over. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. like very few can, as yeah. you saw with Kofi a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think, especially now he's got the kids and he's had them injuries and he has said himself that he doesn't necessarily want to do the full-time and obviously we're in COVID and they're just doing this one show. They're not doing house shows. 
but NXT doesn't really do that house shows like SmackDown and Raw do. So when we go back to normality, that, that brand would suit him better in terms of his schedule. But Brian on NXT, as a wrestler, could be amazing, but also as a backstage, learn from me kind of person. Trainer, I think they call Trainer, it. agent, or like he, there's a lot of stories you could tell there. And he, you think of the matches he could have down there. I think he would thrive in that arena because he was so good on the indies. And I think he would. I think he would be good there. That's my, that's my last one. I'm going to throw in as a as a very fantasy booking. That's all I've got. Taking. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's me. That's it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's it. That's for, episode uh, episode one. Episode one of Damn It, Vince done. Um, there was lots to talk, lots to talk about there. Um, um I know next week is. A uh, bit of a special because next week is the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. A-E-W. So we will be looking at our kind of favourite moments over the last year of AEW, but also in terms of fantasy booking, where can we see things going over the next few months? What they've done right so, and what they have done wrong. Yep, so that is going to be next week's 